This is video podcast 17 from learningradiology.com. Unknown cases podcast one, 10 cases for small spaces. I'm William Herring from Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. This is a podcast of unknown cases, 10 in all. The cases are drawn from the over 300 cases of the week from learningradiology.com. The idea is to treat each case as an unknown. They involve different organ systems and they are at different levels of expertise. One of the constraints of unknown cases for the small screen is that the findings must be visible and so we'll zoom in on the findings in most cases. And you should pause your computer or MP3 player so that you can study the cases. Here's the first case. It's a two-month-old with respiratory distress. Pause the player. This is a pneumomediastinum, and the sign that you're looking at is the Spinnaker sale sign. You can see that the right and left lobe of the thymus gland have been lifted up off of the heart, the white arrows are pointing to them, by air in the mediastinum. The thymic spinnaker sale sign denotes the presence of a pneumomediastinum. The lobes of the thymus are elevated by air in the mediastinum and are separated from the heart by that air. There is also a normal thymic sale sign, which can be confusing. This is the normal thymic sale sign. The black arrow is pointing to the thymus, which is resting on the minor fissure. Because the thymus is so soft, the minor fissure produces an impression on the thymus gland, which you see here. Notice that the thymus gland is not separated from the heart, as it is in the spinnaker sale sign of a pneumomediastinum. Here's your second case. Pause the player. This is an enchondroma. You'll notice that there is a lytic geographic lesion that's slightly expansile in the shaft of the fourth metacarpal, and the white arrows are pointing to an oblique fracture through this lesion. Enchondromas are usually asymptomatic. They are most frequent in the small bones of the hands. They usually are central and diaphyseal, as in this case. They may have a ground glass appearance internally, and they can fracture or rarely undergo malignant degeneration. Here is the next case. Pause the player. You'll notice that there is a soft tissue density denoted by the white arrow inside of a pre-existing cavity denoted by the red arrow. This is an aspergilloma inside of a previous tuberculous cavity. Aspergillomas most frequently colonize a pre-existing cavity from TB or sarcoid. Histologically, they represent intertwined hyphae of aspergillus that form a mycetoma. The most common symptom of an aspergilloma is hemoptysis. The imaging findings are a solid round mass in a thin-walled cavity. They are usually in the upper lobes. The fungus ball can move with the change in positioning of the patient. That is one of the ways to differentiate between a fungus ball and a tumor. And the crescent-shaped airspace above the fungus ball separates it from the wall of the cavity. Fungus balls rarely can calcify. Here is your next case. Pause the computer or MP3 player. This is an example of emphysematous cystitis. You'll notice that there is contrast in the lumen of the urinary bladder. The bladder wall is thickened and there is air denoted by the white arrows in the bladder wall. 
Emphysematous cystitis is seen most often in middle-aged female diabetics. It's produced by a gas-forming organism, usually E. coli, that produces air in the wall and rarely air in the lumen. It can be associated with emphysematous pyelonephritis, and it's usually treated medically. Here is your next case. Pause the computer or MP3 player. This is an example of epiglottitis. You'll notice that the white arrow is pointing to an extremely swollen and enlarged epiglottis. Acute epiglottitis is a life-threatening medical emergency. There is edema of the epiglottis and the aryepiglottic folds. The classical triad, which patients present with, involves drooling, dysphagia, and respiratory distress. Most patients are between the ages of three and seven years of age. The epiglottis becomes enlarged, it's larger than your thumb, and there is thickening of the aryepiglottic folds, which is the true cause of strider in these patients. Here is the next case. This is a liver laceration with active bleeding. The black arrows are pointing to wedge-shaped defects that traverse the liver that represent the liver laceration. The red arrow is pointing to contrast which is seen to be extravasating from vessels at the periphery of the liver. The liver is the second most frequently injured abdominal organ. Its morbidity is usually greater than splenic lacerations. About a half of those with liver injuries will also have splenic injuries. And while lacerations can be treated medically, there is a chance of a bioloma forming and with active bleeding, as in this case, surgical intervention would be necessary. Here is the next case. Pause the computer or MP3 player. This is an example of metastatic calcification of the lung. The upper images are two axial CT scans that demonstrate dense nodular calcification within the upper lobes of both lungs. The lower two images are part of a radionuclide bone scan, which demonstrates uptake of the technetium in the lungs, as well as uptake of the technetium in a renal transplant in the right iliac fossa. Metastatic calcification is found in those usually with end-stage renal disease and secondary hyperparathyroidism. It tends to correlate with an elevated phosphate level. Calcium is deposited in the alveolar septi. It has a predilection for the upper lobes, which is believed to be secondary to the greater alkalinity of the upper lobes. And although it is interstitial, it may appear to be airspace disease when severe and can resemble and be mistaken for pneumonia or pulmonary edema. Here is your next case. Pause the player. This is an example of left lower lobe atelectasis. The white arrow is pointing to a triangular density behind the heart on the frontal projection. This is the position of the atelectatic left lower lobe as it contracts toward the mediastinum. On the lateral view, we can see a triangular shaped density posteriorly, which is the position of the left lower lobe when it collapses on the lateral view. 
The signs of atelectasis are increase in density of the affected lobe because of the loss of air, displacement of the fissures or mediastinal structures toward the atelectasis because of the volume loss, crowding of vessels and the bronchial tree in the area of volume loss, sometimes elevation of the hemidiaphragm and over-aeration of the opposite lung. Here is your next case, paused player. This is an example of tumoral calcinosis. You'll notice the fluffy calcific density surrounding the elbow joint with a lobulated appearance. Tumoral calcinosis produces large, nodular, juxta-articular calcified soft tissue masses. It is most common in the hips. These are cystic lesions which contain a creamy hydroxyapatite crystal material. Tumoral calcinosis can be primary, which is rare, or associated with renal disease, which is much more common. This is the last case, pause the player. This is a right aortic arch with an aberrant left subclavian artery. You can see that the aorta, which is labeled AO, is to the right of the trachea and passing behind the trachea and the esophagus is an aberrant vessel, indicated by the white arrow, which is crossing to the other side of the body. That represents the aberrant left subclavian artery. Most aortic arch anomalies are asymptomatic unless they cause an encircling vascular ring like a pulmonary sling. Aberrant left subclavian arteries occur in type 2 right aortic arches. This is the most common variety. They are associated with congenital heart disease only about 5% of the time, and when they are, it is usually Tetralogy of Fallot. The mirror image type of right aortic arch or type 1 is less common, but it is associated with congenital heart disease 95% of the time, most commonly Tetralogy of Fallot.